Yeah. On, on today's episode of Big Drive Energy, we're going to discuss the Broncos' unfortunate loss and our current situation out here in, in Denver, Colorado. We're going to talk about the BMW PGA Championship that was just played over in England. Some more Live versus PGA Tour drama. Apple TV getting in on the Live hate now. And we're going to do a fairway or four. And this is all brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Pins and Aces. I've got a Pins and Aces shirt on right now. Uh, made a mistake and wore a medium. Uh, I have a couple mediums and a couple larges. And uh, my sushi roll was kind of popping out of the, uh, of the medium shirt. But I kept a jacket on all day. My kind of style. Doesn't matter how hot it is. Um, but pins and aces has the best polos you'll find in the game. They just did this awesome giveaway or purchase thing where they allowed people to buy mystery boxes. And I saw on their Instagram story today, if you don't follow them, make sure you are at pins and aces co. Um, but they were just giving away these mystery boxes with limited edition stuff that was, um, never going to be sold again. Nick was throwing $200 cash in some of these boxes and crisp hundies. Uh, not going to ask him where he got those, but um, no, they were, they were giving away mystery boxes. It was a really cool thing. So keep up on their website, make sure you're checking out pins and And they're always having cool stuff like that. They got a bunch of limited release stuff that you want to hop in on or else you're never going to get it. So uh, check out pins and use our promo code B D E and you're getting 15% off plus free shipping on your first order. All right, let's tee it up. Hello friends, welcome to this tradition unlike any... Scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> it's Wednesday here in the Mile High City, and I can just say that I didn't expect Russell Wilson to roll into Seattle, this new Denver Broncos team, and lose a football game. Pretty unfortunate scenario. Yeah, that that I, I was so confused. I wasn't even that pissed, but I was still like pissed, if that makes any like just such clock mismanagement towards the end, coupled with the amount of penalties that were called against the Broncos on top of the two goal line fumbles. Um, it was just kind of like the perfect storm for Seattle to somehow pull out that game. And I should have known. Because what did I tell you last week that I wanted to put like a thousand dollars on Broncos minus six and a half? Like I, I, in no world did I think they even had a fucking puncher's chance. So that's just how bad I am at sports betting. And luckily I didn't do it because I already lost um, a couple of palm trees on the Cowboys, which was just another fucking terrible bet. So I didn't end up betting responsibly uh on the broncos and i'm glad i didn't because that would have been just a double punch right in the nads 
Yeah, I had to reload my DraftKings account for the upcoming football season. That's never fun. Um, but I'm also glad. I'm not really – if you haven't listened to this podcast before or heard us talk about betting, which we are fairly degenerate gamblers, um, always responsibly, of course. I never bet on my own teams. Like, I think that's just a heinous crime that I will never commit. It's just – a double loss, you're in death so down in the dumps if your team like if I would add Broncos money line Monday night, I might not be doing this podcast today. I might be in jail or uh, sleeping on the streets or have gotten in trouble for setting my own car on fire. It was just so frustrating already the game. And then if I would have had money on it and lost money on it too, I would have even I would have been so pissed. And I, I was thinking about this today. I actually kind of, you know, now that we've gotten the little cool off period. If we would have done a podcast on Monday night after the game, it would have been much different. But in a vacuum, losing week one, it's not as bad as, you know, Packers last year lost 38-3 to to the Saints week one and ended up being in the NFC Championship game. So week one doesn't tell all. I think it's just the fact that they lost to Seattle, who's not a good football team, very winnable game on their schedule. But I was thinking about this, and I kind of relate this Monday night game to my golf game versus, like, you. You're the Seahawks. And I'm the Broncos and not that you're not that I have a better squad than you do. Let's, let's put it, let's not start with that, but you have more talent. I I maybe have more talent than you, but like, if you look at the Broncos numbers, they had like, they're like third in the NFL in passing. They were moving the ball up and down the field. Defense was a little shaky at the start. You could tell a lot of them didn't play in preseason, Um, but defense turned it around in the second half. They had a lot of good plays. They had a lot of chunk yards. And they end up losing the game. And that's like me. I hit a lot of bombs, hit a lot of great iron shots and just never make the putt. Every time I get on the doorstep, I fumble it away. And that's kind of the sums up that Monday night game in a nutshell to me. For sure. Going back a little bit into the betting conversation, I think you and I catch a bunch of shit from our friends because I think you and I are on the same wavelength of, I I like to call it an emotional hedge. I, if anything, I, if I'm, if I bet on a game that my team is playing in, it's always against them because one way or the other, I win. Like say I lose a hundred bucks, but the Broncos win. That's fine. If the Broncos lose, I win a hundred bucks. That softens the blow a little bit. You know, it's, it's just to, to keep the, keep the high from getting too high and the low from getting too low. You know, you're somewhere in the middle. It just kind of evens you out a little bit. It puts, puts your hat in both rings. And so I don't know, like I catch a lot of shit for that. Every time I tell my buddies, I only bet against my team. It's not from a place of hate, like, or a place of me not being passionate because it maybe that means I'm like an overly passionate fan in the, the fact of just not being able to, take the the idea of my team losing and me losing money at the same time like i I somehow have to even that out so yeah uh, we're not my reasoning we're not mentally stable enough mentally uh mature enough to handle something like that happening and then the the thing that sucks though the other way around is when you bet against your team and you're like i should have known they were gonna win this game there's you know you can just go in a freaking tornado all around just keep switching the takes of like, Oh, I should have, Oh, I, and then when you don't bet on them cause you think they're going to win and you don't bet on the other team and then they lose and you didn't also win money. It's just a vicious cycle, a responsible oh, yeah. like, vicious cycle. I, 
I constantly want to fade myself. And like, for, for example, our buddy Greg Gomez texted me Sunday and I was in a betting mood. We went up to Blackhawk. He goes, take the Cowboys tonight. You'll thank me later. Fucking when is Greg Gomez ever given me good sports advice? That guy's got the shittiest sports takes of any friend that I have. Like he, he just doesn't, I don't know. Ever since your bachelor party, just us bullshitting about sports. I'm like, bro, you got the wildest sports takes I've ever heard in my life. So I don't know why it just hit me. And like hindsight's 2020 and that's sports betting, but hindsight just hit me. Um, or it, it like when Greg texts me, it fucking, I don't know why, but when he was like, take the Cowboys, I was like, I'm all in for no re- like no logical reason whatsoever. Uh, he texted me like one sentence about how Dallas's pass rush was rush was so good and how Tampa Bay's offensive line was that bad. He forgot to include the fact that uh, their the Cowboys' offense completely fucking sucks and they can't score any points because you put up three points. I don't give a fuck. And now Dax hurt and Greg is already backing out. When I text him, he goes, "Nope, our quarterbacks hurt. Can't really tell if we're bad or not." So I was like, the Cowboys fucking suck again, Greg. So long story short, that'll be the, that was the first time. And that will be the last time I ever touched the Dallas Cowboys. And yeah, it was immediate regret. Uh, actually they kicked it. That was an immediate, they kicked a field goal on that first drive. You're like, ah, okay. But yeah, dude, that there's something about betting where if somebody you think is smarter than you or has a, has a side on the game, like if I went to somebody or if, Let's say me talking to me, third person. If I went to myself and wasn't myself (laughs) and was like, hey, dude, this stat, this stat, this makes the, the, you know, the Broncos have never lost on Monday night when they kick off at six, you know, some obscure stat. It gets me hyped up and I'm like, cool, they can't lose. And I like, and I irrationally bet on it. And that's what we did Sunday night. Cause I even text, I kind of texted Greg and I was just like, Dude, See, I love- you're even worse than me, bro. Like he texted me and baited me into it. You mm-hmm. were the one who had to text him to like reaffirm that dumbass bet. Well, and I shouldn't have never done that with the Homer, but, but I also am the kind of Homer where if my team is like, if I like, I'm, I'm usually fairly negative Nancy towards my teams, but oh, yeah. uh, the, like, I'm the guy that's like, I will tell you how it is straight. And I'm usually on the negative side, but when people are like, oh, I'm going to bet on your whatever tonight, your team. And I'm like, eh, maybe you shouldn't do that, dude. You know, like shit like that. That's more, more where I'm at. Like, I'm never going to, I'm sometimes if I, it depends, also depends on how much I've been drinking. Um, been drinking a lot of wine lately. Another shout out to our boy, Don Johnson. He uh, got us some spring Valley vineyard wine, which yeah, is what, a, what an absolute legend, dude. Just the, the, our coolest member. The, yeah. If every Don, you want to teach a class on how to be a member, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, send out an email blast and, and you can, uh, you can lead it, but no, it, I, if I'm drinking a lot, I usually am more optimistic about my team. Um, but I'll usually shoot someone straight. If some random fan like is texting me and one of my friends that doesn't pay attention to the Broncos, Rockies, Nuggets, whatever, I'll give them a straight answer of like, Hey dude, you know, like I don't feel good about this tonight. And then maybe 
um, they're like, oh, maybe I'll stay off of it, you know, but some people, I, I thank God we've gotten out of the, or we, I shouldn't rope you into this. You've never been too degenerate as far as gambling, but I finally gotten out of the habit of like just betting just to bet. Um, I, I'm kind of sour on that. Whole, like something. Yeah. Like I'm like, oh, I like this. I'm going to bet on it type of scenario versus like waking up every morning and going and, and using the porcelain throne and as my 20 minutes of research and, and betting every single morning, like I've gotten out of that habit just because I need to have action. So that's good. I'm, I'm showing a little maturity in the way of, in the way of gambling. Oh, for sure. I mean, that that's my initial problem with gambling is I know how unpredictable all sports are at all times. So I don't love any bet. Like, cause in my mind, I love every bet. Like, I, hindsight Russell Wilson's over in yards was like 255 he threw for 340 like that's that's easy fucking money but you, you see that number and it almost convinces you that like it's not gonna happen you know what I mean like even if you see a line that's super fucking fishy it like mind fucks you so hard that I can't even if it's like out there right in front of me just for the taking I won't take it because it scares the shit out of me. So I'm just way too like mental about sports betting. I can't just, and that's why I bet Cowboys. Cause I was like, you know, it's, it's your dumb who, no matter your friend can be like, Hey, let's do something. And it's like the old, like, Oh, would your, if your friend told you to jump off a bridge, would you, it's like, no, if my friend told me to put a hundred bucks on the Cowboys money line or 250 or however much I put on Cowboys money line, I'm going to do it because fuck it. Like it's fun to have action until you're sitting at the craps table, getting your ass kicked and you're watching the Cowboys fucking punt it 12 times in a row. And their (laughs) offense is such dog shit. And Uh, the dealers start pissing you off at the craps table and your night just goes straight downhill. Yeah. Yeah, We had a, we had a pretty, that's just a hypothetical. That's just, that's just like, if that happened, that would be pretty unfortunate for whoever that happened to. Yeah. Yeah. We got up to Blackhawk. We literally, Drove up there, and I'll, I'll also say this: I love the DraftKings Sportsbook, um, and I and I love. Obviously, I'm not going to drive up to Blackhawk every time I want to place a bet, so that's why it's great to have the mobile app and make sure you're using that promo code DNVR, of course. But I love the DraftKings Sportsbook. I love betting on my phone, but there is nothing like holding an actual ticket in your hand. It's just so. I would do it a hundred out of a hundred times. If, if I'm anywhere near an actual sports book, I'd much rather place a bet, get the ticket, hold on to it, watch the game, and then either rip the ticket up or go turn it in at That's the such a boomer take. It is a boomer take, but do you not feel the same way? Oh no. 100%. I just think it's funny to call you a boomer. Cause I'm, I, I definitely like, I don't even think kids that are, you can only be six years younger than me and legally gamble. So I guess that's not that much younger, but some guys are like, what's a, a betting ticket. You know, people are just getting into sports betting. All they know is online or on an app. So they don't know what that's like, but do you know what, on the flip side of that coin, do you know what the most demeaning thing ever is, is hypothetically after you leave the casino and you got your ass kicked and you're back in your hotel room, you're emptying your pockets and you pull the losing ticket out. And you have to look at it one more time, just how much money you lost. And then you piss on that. You throw it in the toilet and you piss on it because that's just more money. It's just like another dig, like another knife in you. You know what I mean? After you get bent over at the sports or at the 
at the casino. Then you go home, you're like, oh, lost that sports bet too. Oh, love it. Like, oh, what a, what a great night. Thank God we got a free hotel room or else it would have been a real, real red, stinker, real, real stinker, fucking real evening. stinker of an evening. You stink. You that's fucking what, stink. That's what I just kept telling myself. I was at the, sitting at the table. Just, you stink. Seven Dougie, out. You Dougie Ravello, stink. New York voice. You stink. And then I went, woke up the next morning, got some coffee from the free coffee from the casino. Saw my slot, the power wheel, had to dump another couple hundy in there. <laughs> you're Just couldn't you're, stay away. No, you you uh you have an affliction for the power wheel. And that honestly, dude, that I we should almost be done talking about betting just because it, it's probably enough for us. But that's where gambling gets you is if you win the first time you gamble, you're fucked. <laughs> you are cooked. You are so bent because you are just going to think that that's what's supposed to happen every time. And so you keep gambling and gambling and losing and losing. And by the time you realize that you don't win every bet, you're going to be, you're going to have lost twice the amount you won initially. So I, I love gambling, but treat it as a, as a fun thing, as a hobby. If you think you're going to make money off of it, you're a fool. You're a fucking fool. Yeah, Sorry. You're pr- you're probably wrong. You got to treat it as a hobby, gamble responsibly. And you can do that over at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. NFL's opening week was insane, and we've got 17 more of them. It's so good. Football is back. Get ready for week two of all the touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins at DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, all new customers can bet $5 on any football game, and you get $200 in free bets instantly. And Everyone, not just new customers, can experience the thrill of DraftKings with the early win promotion. It's simple. All you need to do this Sunday is bet on any NFL team to win. If that team leads by 10 points during the game, you get paid instantly, even if they lose. So you don't even have to really look, you know, you don't even have to worry too much about a team that's going to win the game. You just look for a team that's going to get a hot start, maybe a quick you know, pick six and then, a, and then a field goal, and then your bet cashes, and you don't even have to watch it the rest of the game. I would have not told you to do that for the Steelers. And the first touchdown in the NFL season was a defensive touchdown by Minka Fitzpatrick and the Steelers. So Joe Burrow looked rough. Kicking was rough, but you can get paid instantly if you would have had the Steelers this last week uh, on that bet and not had to sweat through overtime, blocked extra points, et cetera, et cetera. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our promo code DNVR and you're getting $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. So check out the show notes. That'll give you all the details on the DraftKings Sportsbook and how to get in on the app. And it's cool when they offer promotions for uh, prior, you know, existing customers because we've gotten so many of our friends signed up on DraftKings Sportsbook now. I'm like, hey, dude, you know, if somebody's not by now, they're just missing out. But when you get those like exciting bet it down overs, they do a bunch of fun stuff during the year to, to keep the people that have already been betting on the DraftKings Sportsbook entertained and stuff like that. Like I'm going to be looking for some some early leaders this week and some guys that can go out there, some teams that can go out there and take the lead. Maybe our Denver Broncos, but, you know, I I ruined it last week. I don't think they had a lead at all, and I thought they would at least take a 10-point lead at some point. Didn't factor in the rust. Didn't factor in the crowd noise and the penalties. So 
they're going to clean it up. I have faith they're going to bounce back. But, uh, yeah, you can get over to the DraftKings Sportsbook, use that promo code, and and get those bets in because there's no – betting is fun all year round, obviously. There's no betting like NFL season. You wake up Sunday morning, you look at all those lines. Lions was talking to me. It was screaming. Dan Campbell, I could hear him in my mind. Grit. I just kept hearing grit. I took the Lions plus five and a half. Looked like shit for a long time. Ends up hitting – Dude, they've, so, 12, they've covered 12 of their last 18 games. They are the cover gods. Yeah. Don't you just great don't just win, cover. Good teams win, great teams cover, baby. 100%. All right, should we talk about a little golf now? What, what, what are we thinking? A little PGA, BMW PGA Championship? Yeah, so we'll talk a little bit about golf. Um, so they played over in England at Wentworth, which is like the DP World Tours uh, flagship event. And it got a little hairy because it turned out that the live tour players ended up playing in the event. And there for a minute, there was like three or four of them towards the top of the leaderboard. I was like, oh, this is great. Just just the irony of it. Like, just I, I don't know. Like, we've got a few texts from our buddies that listen to the pod, specifically shout out our old boss, now just buddy Justin Serbo. He said we should get live golf tattooed somewhere on us. Um which I would be down for. I mean, my ass cheek has plenty of space. There's a lot of, there's a lot of fucking uh, area to cover there. So there's I, a lot of real estate. That's a, that's a couple acre plot down there, chief. Yeah. That's, that's no, uh, that's no, that's a rural area. <laughs> that's, that's out in the forest, but I, what, what were well, you? Gonna, well, like let's do, friend? let's do this. Let's make a bet on the show right now. If a live tour player, primary live tour player plays in and wins a major in 2023 we will both get liv tattooed on our ass guaranteed on our ass on somewhere on your cheeks okay um we in i'm in i'm down all right serby shake you got your wish if a live tour player wins a 2023 major i will have an liv tattooed somewhere on my rosy cheeks not my face yep I agree. I'm in. We're in. I think that'd be fucking hilarious. Um, but there's quite a stink about like the LIV guys playing in the event. And the irony of it was, is they were take, they were like the regular tour guys were taking shots at the LIV guys talking about 54 holes, this 54 holes, that. And then uh, Queen Elizabeth, I think is, yeah. Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, Lizzie. Um, passed Lizzie away. And, Lizzie and the Corgis. <laughs> Lizzie and the Corgs. Um, Lizzie passed away at 96 years old. And we don't need to even get into any of that. So, uh, fun. <laughs> that's awesome. Spencer has a Zen shirt on. We, we're, we're, <laughs> we like nicotine. When we don't like nicotine, we like Canadips. But that's fucking hilarious. Queen uh, is in a bit. Passed away. <laughs> uh nick saves in um we could go on with just that but so she passed away and so they felt since the tournament was being played in england that they needed to acknowledge take a day to acknowledge her passing so they shortened the event to 54 holes and that was just the sweet sweet irony of uh this whole situation and Shane Lowry ended up coming down the stretch, winning it. John Rahm played really well down the stretch. I think he shot 62 the final day. 
like a lot of the final, the finishing scores, you wouldn't be shocked if it was a four day tournament. Cause I think Lowry won at 17 or 18 under. So they were going pretty fucking deep and Lowry hit some fucking awesome shots down the stretch uh, on 18. So there's water all left on 18. He's got 220 yards and he hits it to like 10 feet with an iron. Like that's just a shot that regular human beings are not capable of even high level. Like I'd shit myself. There's, I drop kick it, hook it into the water hundred percent, or I'd bail out like 40 yards. Right. And hope I had a lie. Cause that's like a shot that you just have to have the utmost confidence and commitment in to try to pull off. And I, I just got to tip my cap to the dude. And honestly, I've talked about Lowry quite a bit and like how much I'd love to party with him and shit. Cause he just seems like the most fun, like easygoing dude there is. Um, but Lowry even made some comments that like, he's not buddies with any of his guys that like went over to the live tour anymore. And I feel like that's getting like a little bit too personal. Like, do you really have to support what your buddy does as a job in order to be friends with them? Like, I don't think he's buddies with Graham McDowell anymore. Lee Westwood, like any of those European guys, he said he's not buddies with cause he doesn't see them. It's like, yeah, I don't see my buddies all the time either. That doesn't mean I'm not buddies with them. So I thought that was kind of a little bit weird. Uh, I, I would say I can't blame the dude, but really, I guess you're not that good of friends if, if them going from the PGA Tour to the Live Tour makes you not friends with them anymore. What, what do you think? Yeah, it's like losing all your friends when you go off to college that didn't go to the same college as you or stay in the same state. It's like, dude, we're not buddies anymore. No, I honestly think a lot of this comes down to just the saltiness of it because I think deep down every single PGA tour player sees what a live guy is making off of doing what they're doing and wants to do that. Yeah. And, and so I think it's like when you're, when your friends, you know, your friends are outside. It's the Squidward SpongeBob Patrick meme where correct. Like Squidward and SpongeBob are out running around having the time of their lives and Squidward's inside his whatever his house is like looking out the window at them. Yeah. It's they're just salty and it's unfortunate that it's coming to something like that where they're not even friends anymore because that's a little like, I don't know, maybe immature to me. It's like, dude, if you just want to make the jump because you feel like you can make more money and play less golf, like what's stopping you? Like, I guess, you know, the PGA tour held this whole meeting uh, a little while back and now they're, they're doing some things to create a series next year for the top 50 FedEx cup players from this year to pay them a ton, not a ton, I guess I, nothing is a ton compared to the live tour, but pay them more money to play on certain tour events next year. And there'll be uh, kind of double field events where there'll be another field for other PGA tour players to get a chance to get some official world golf ranking points as well as status on the PGA tour. But, the the PGA tour is trying so hard to hold on to this idea of morals and yeah. you know the and it's just it's just a They're matter just of like moral high ground yeah like these guys are just doing the exact same thing they're practicing golf they're playing golf they're getting to dry, fly a private jet their caddies are treated way better like you know as as we've said it, it's, it's a matter of, you know, where, if you care where the money came from, then you can't bitch about it. And you can't like, cause I guarantee you every single PGA tour player, like 
you still look at some live leaderboards and you're like, well, I don't even know that dude or that dude or that dude, you know, like some dudes are on it just for a money grab. And you got the guys that are on it for the fact that they are never going to win a PGA tour event again against a strong field. And they just want a way to make some money and maybe they've spent all of their current PGA tour winnings and they're getting on the, they're getting down the the backside of the hill, you know, and they feel like that's the best way for them to live freely the rest of their lives or live how they want and great for them. But I do feel like a lot of the guys that on the PGA tour that are just that, that are at not, you know, the PGA tour has to have, you know, I would love to know the handshake deal going on behind the scenes be, between Rory and Monahan and Rory and the PGA tour, uh, the PGA tour and leadership. Justin Thomas and who knows Billy Horschel's trying to get a little piece of that pie too, that fucking lunatic. Well, that was another thing that came out that everybody was making a big deal of the whole Horschel Poulter uh, conversation between each other on the putting green and everybody's, what did you, what are they saying this or that? And I believe it was Ian Poulter came out and like quote tweeted it and was just like, you know, the me- basically the media is making this a bigger deal than it was. They could have been talking about poor, you know, Lamborghinis for all they we all for all we know. Yeah, I mean, Poulter's a Ferrari guy. So I Ferrari, that's what I meant. I I, I, I swing and a miss. Strike one. <laughs> Strike, Strike one for me. Um, but yeah, I, ultimately, just like live and let live is my opinion, and that's ironic because the tour's name live, but I actually mean like live, like live your life, let other people live their lives. And I I don't know. I thought that was kind of corny that he's not for Shane Lowry said he's not buddies with those guys anymore, but uh, still great win for him. I always enjoy seeing him win. Uh, he's a great face of golf. He's he, I think he was the youngest ever European tour winner. Um, he won the Irish open as a 19 or 20 year old when he was actually still an amateur. So he's been in the game for a while. And he, I know he takes the game seriously, but he's not one of those gym rat type of dudes. If you've seen him, um, he's a thick boy. And I, if you know me, I'm a thick boy myself. So I always root for my fellow, uh, chunky guys, heckin' chunks. So heckin' chunks, fellow heckin' chonkers. So that's why, uh, I'm glad to see Lowry win that tournament. And he's just a good representation of the game of golf, in my opinion. So I, I really do enjoy when he wins. Yeah. And it was a pretty electric leaderboard overall, just looking at it. Lowry, McElroy won back, John Rahm won back. And John Rahm gave everybody a scare. Well, not everybody, but he birdied the 18 or Eagle, excuse me, the 18th hole gave the Rahm fist pump and everybody thought for a while he was going to lead the thing and win the thing just, which is always funny to me and the way golf works, you know, I mean, if you ran a, a shotgun every day, this wouldn't happen. <laughs> no, but <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, when like a guy just comes out and fires a low one, I mean, Rom was 10 under the last day. So he soared from six under to 16 and he was in the lead for a while. And then you expected guys like Rory and maybe even Taylor Gooch, Victor Hovland, guys like that, that just needed to fire a five or six under round to beat him. Um, they, uh, they end up basically coming down the stretch and kind of shit in their pants, you know, like they did, they could have ran away with it because Rom put that number in at the clubhouse. And that's, what's always funny to me is like when you see a PGA tour or a live or whatever leaderboard, like they always put the person that's further along up at the top 
when in reality, I think it should be the other way around. Like if, if two guys are tied at 16, but one guy's done and the other guy is not done, like they're PGA tour players. Like you expect them to go lower and lower. This isn't the, the spring Valley men's club championship where you just expect them to make bogeys on bogeys coming all the way in, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like I always thought that's interesting, you know, like they're like, Oh, this guy's in the lead. Well, not really. Cause this other dude's going to catch him or already caught him and probably going to surpass him. Yeah. I think the only tournament we've watched recently where somebody has gone backwards on the leaderboard at any point is Scotty Scheffler at the tour championship, um, which we had already discussed. So yeah, overall good weekend, good tournament. Um, short in 54 holes, hate to see it, but let's talk shortly about, we've got two tour events this week. We have the Fortinet on the PGA tour up in Napa Valley, and we have the live golf event out in Chicago at, uh, uh, rich harvest farms. Like, doesn't that just sound so wholesome? Like I just, we're, we're going to save this topic for a different time, but there's so much good golf around the area of Chicago. Um, luckily we have another branch called CHGO that we will hopefully be doing some work with so we can get out and play some golf out there in Chicago. Um, but two, like it's the PGA tours first event of the, the wraparound season, quote unquote. So it wasn't much of a break. Max home is going to be out there defending and I mean, it's a fairly stacked field. And this is this is the time of year where guys that are lower on or fighting for a, a PG Tour card um, are going to really try to take advantage of some of the bigger names not playing in these events and try to rack up some FedEx Cup points to try to keep their card for next year because uh, it's a great time to do it. And on top of it, some of the Corn Ferry Tour guys, too, um, they just finished the corn Ferry tour finals like a week or two ago. So they don't need to wait now until the beginning of the year to go out to the PJ tour. If they're on a roll, they can just roll right into that PJ tour event if they're exempt and try to keep their momentum going. So, uh, I, I think it should be a fun event. Um, Napa Valley is always a great place to host a, a PJ tour event. I've actually never been to Napa, but it looks gorgeous. And I know there's a shitload of really good golf up there. So, uh, eventually we need to make a golf trip up to wine country and, and we probably do a little bit more boozing than golfing, but I definitely want to golf a little bit. Well, you know, like a, a tournament like this for the guys that want to play in it, they kind of circle this on their calendar and they're maybe like, eh, we'll take the wife. We'll, we'll go drink some I was going to say, or... yeah, this is an easy sell. Cause you tell your wife, you're going to Napa. You're like, you go to the spa, we'll go drink some wine. And I mean, it should be a fairly easy sell anyways, if your husband's on the PJ tour, um, I'd go to fucking Iceland if my wife or significant other was playing professional golf, you know, who gives a fuck, but it's a little easier sell than, Oh honey, you want to go down to the Sanderson farms? It's in fucking Huntsville, Alabama, or, you know, like some shit like that. Oh, you're going to get eaten by horse flies, but come on down. Like Napa is just a good chill spot. You can drink wine. I'm sure stay in a five-star resort and just, fucking chill all weekend so yeah i think this is definitely an easier sell uh than most other tournaments and i'm sure it's great this time of year like i don't know if it ever really gets hot in napa but it's probably just cooling off a of hair um drinking eating some fresh grapes drinking some fresh fucking aged wine freshly aged uh yeah i don't think that's a horrible location to go yeah no great tour stop in 
like you said, live tour stop in Chicago. Um, I'll be out in Chicago next weekend. Actually, I'm, I'm super excited for that. Um, but that's a great, just a great city and a great area. I think the mid, the Midwest has such good golf that doesn't really get, it does get recognized by the tour, you know, like we're sitting out here in Colorado, just getting absolutely plowed by any professional golf events that we can host them, the altitude, whatever, whatever, great golf in Colorado. Well, I'll stand by that because we have so many different types of golf out here, but in a, the Midwest has some low key, like such great golf courses, which is crazy to think about when you look at a PGA tour event that's in like St. Louis or Chicago and think like in three to f- three months, that course is going to be under two feet of snow. Mm-hmm. It's going to be 30 degrees. It's going to be negative 20 wind chill, just insanity like that. Oh, for sure. And I actually think one of the States that is least recognized that has, so, I mean, they do have a PJ tour event, but Ohio has crazy good country clubs all over the place. So does Chicago, um, no matter where you look, but I looked up rich harvest farms where they're playing, uh, the, the live event. And it's like, it looks a ways out, like for, probably 45 minutes to an hour outside of Chicago. So I don't think many of these guys are going to be staying necessarily in, uh, downtown Chicago. They're probably staying out by the, um, out by the golf course. I will say when I went to Chicago this summer, I've never eaten more food and felt worse about myself in a two day span and had like just such good food. Um, and that I, I feel like is a food city. And I know Brandon, our CEO says that's like his favorite food city in America. So I can't really say I disagree with him that they, they've got so many different, uh, culture, like, cultures, so many different, uh, what is the cuisines, different types of cuisine. Cause it's such a, uh, a melting pot of ethnicities and in a good way, like obviously, <laughs> um, there's so many different types of people out there that you can find, you can find, you know, Indian food, you can find like tropical like type of food. I don't even know if that makes any sense, but you can just find whatever food you want in Chicago. So uh, I am definitely a, a big fan of the food and I, I love Chicago. So I don't think you can really go wrong playing a little golf and eating a little food out there. No, absolutely not. And uh, yeah, this, this swing of the, the PGA tour is kind of fun because you, you find out who the guys are that you got the guys, like a lot of the guys that have won a lot of events, the big names won't be playing a ton. So that'll be interesting to see how it compares to the live event this weekend in terms of uh, viewership and how, how many people are tuning in, you know, they, and uh, speaking of tuning in, um, there was an article that we saw from uh, a different sporting outlet, you know, that, that discussed kind of about Apple TV and them, dude, honestly, like one thing, let me, let me go off on Apple TV real quick. (laughs) Uh, And it's not Apple TV. It's not their fault. There is so many streaming services right now that I can't seem to like wrap my head around the which one I should get, you know, like I feel like every single like every time there's a show on, it's a new new streaming platform. Exactly. Like you got to have what you got to have Paramount Plus, you got to have HBO, you got to have which comes with HBO Max. I have YouTube TV. That's pretty solid for most things. Then you've got Disney Plus, which also connects to ESPN Plus. 
there's just so many options for TV streaming now that Hulu, uh, Fubo TV is advertising. Like if you're looking, if you're trying to illegally stream football games, which I never do, but <laughs> if you were trying to do that, like Fubo TV always comes up and says they have all the football games. Sling and, TV, fucking. Yeah, I'm. I'm just getting a little frustrated, and I don't understand. You know, there's we have Avaca, which is a great a great partner with uh, DNVR, and and that's one to have if you're a Denver sports fan for sure, because you get Rockies, you get Nuggets, you get Abs, and then you get every Broncos game because they're CBS. But the or ESPN or nationally televised, we have so many nationally televised games. Hopefully, you don't lay another egg like not that, a big deal did on Monday night, but there's so many streaming platforms now Amazon prime for, for God's sakes, I got to make sure that's locked in for Thursday night football now. Cause that's the main one. Yeah. I might need to fucking pull your Amazon prime login off of you because I don't even have an Amazon wait, Amazon TV. Amazon, I do have a prime account. Does that come with prime? I no. I think there's another prime plus TV. It's like, God, they just want to, Bend you well, over where, wherever they can. My, well, the I, crazy thing is too, and I, I would have to discuss the bar with the bar people at DNVR, but like, how do they show it? Like, what are they supposed to do with 23 TVs? Are you supposed to get a streaming service that streams to all of those? Then it's slow. Then it's shitty. You know, like I'm don't get me wrong. Streaming is awesome. And it gives you a way to be able to watch a lot of sports that you maybe normally wouldn't be able to, you know, or you don't have to necessarily sit on your couch or be at home could watch a game on your phone while you're watching a game at the bar but dude streaming is is cheek sometimes like just not you know we grew up watching quality cable television you know and and i've always i've had cable i've always had kids i've always had cable up until about a year ago year and a half ago finally gave it up because i was literally just paying 170 dollars a month to get direct tv so i could watch the abs and the nuggets and but streaming, like your computer dies and then that the cord doesn't work and then you have to do different sound like uh, you have to get it real dialed in. And then it's also still way delayed. So there's just so many streaming services out there. Um, but I will say Apple TV. So they they are not going to partner with the live. They turned down the broadcasting rights for it um, because the live golf is too toxic and. Uh, they said, this is from Daniel Rappaport, they said. Uh, they should be claim. Uh, a t- a st- turns out Apple TV, a streaming service that should be clamoring for inter- any opportunity they can to get into the lucrative sports streaming world is turning their nose up at the circus that is live golf. I'm quoting all this, by the way. It's clear they want a piece of the sports world. Last I checked, they got a competitive bid out for NFL Sunday ticket and they stream MLB game every Friday to Rocky reviews. Live golf presented another opportunity to get a foot in the door and work out some kinks before making a potential jump to the big leaves. But nope, quote live golf question mark fire burns too hot on that one um and and do you think like so do you think that live golf is ever going to get a tv i do think apple will or i'm sorry live i do think live that somebody will eventually get in bed with them um either that either that or the tour goes tits up really because without a tv deal the pga tour isn't the pga tour like eventually you got to think these guys are going to run out of money. So I, I got to think eventually once they have the, the TV numbers or the viewership numbers to back it, they will get somebody to uh, buy their, buy their rights, you know, and that that'll be a crazy day to see who, 
who it, uh, it is, but it's just like we talked about with everybody else on their moral high ground. Obviously, the optics aren't great, but let's be real. They've done almost every single one of these networks has done sketchier deals with, um, you know, whether it's public or not, that's a different question. But there's been sketchy dealings behind the scenes of every major TV network ever. So they, they're acting like they're above the shit. They're not. So I think it'll money, money fucking rules the world. And once a TV network realizes they can make money uh, selling the live tour, then they're going to do it. Yeah. And I, I got to believe that somebody has to pick them up for the fact of like, you got to imagine there's somebody that they're dealing with the live tour that's in the back end of this whole Saudi backed foundation. That's got some hands in the TV and a TV channel too. Like if you can't watch this on legitimate TV, which almost every American and every person in the world does on Sundays, like, I don't know what else to expect from, you know, like you, it's just one of those things where you're like, I watch TV, like, and, and streaming is maybe in 20 years, everybody will be streaming stuff and watching stuff from their phones and TVs won't be as big of a thing. But I just got to believe that people still go to bars and they want to watch sports with their friends and do it in front of a TV and streaming is not the, not going to carry them through this, but it also seems like their money is just unlimited. So at that point you're like, what the, what do you do? You know, they, they, it's almost like they could go tits up, but they also just will never allow that to happen. Like they just are too good. Yeah, I would agree. So I, I think it'll be interesting. This whole live golf experiment has been interesting to watch it come down, you know, how shit's gone down. And I think a year from now we'll be taught. Wow. I just sound like I had an accent now. You're from um, there. A year from now, we will be talking about the live on TV. So I think, I think it's going to happen. Um, these dudes just have too much money. They're not going to let it fail. So. Yeah, it, it can't fail, dude. It just can't. I, I don't like when you have enough money, like I think the XFL and stuff, like people just don't want to keep pouring money into it. And that this is the same product with the same players. Like if you're relating the XFL or this or any other professional sport that's tried to break through, like they haven't literally gotten NFL players that were winning majors and at the top of their game to move over, you know, winning Heisman's or winning MVPs to move over into their sport. So it's, it's very, definitely, they definitely have to blaze their own trail, but they're already doing that. And it's become a thing where it's talked about so much that that's the, you know, free pub. They're getting free pub from everywhere, even places oh, they, yeah. they haven't like been asking the old, about. The old line in, um, what, what's the movie with Jordan Belfort? Um, what, what the, f- I, and it's, I mean, it's been said a million times, but any publicity is good publicity. So I, I don't think that uh, they're hating being talked about by everybody, no matter how negative or positive or whatever it is. So I think they're, uh, I think they're well on their way. It should be, should be fun to see what transpires these next few years. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's do a little fairway or four before we get out of here. We haven't done one of those in a hot minute. All right. You got one for me or you want me to start this one off? I got one for you, right. um, and, it, and it reminded me. Well, um, real, real quick, let me let me get back to our old, let's do a little report from our, our last fairway or four here. Um, okay. And just talk about, I believe the last one we did was discussing the wine scenario. Um, I said wine wasn't drinking. 
Uh, I think people would agree with me, but um, I, I, I also I also think the my message got misconstrued. Like people misconstrued my message as the fact that I was like calling wine like fake alcohol or you can't get drunk off of it. Um, and that wasn't the point at all. Of course, you know, that, that was not my point. It was like, when I drink wine, if somebody asked me, did I drink, did you drink yesterday? And I drank only wine, I would say no. That was the point. So it kind of got misconstrued on the interwebs, but I said, drinking wine only, uh, drinking only wine doesn't count as a day of drinking alcohol. And people said four, 65%. And then, uh, on the flip side, yours appetizer bread is better dipped in olive oil instead of butter got 65% fairway so we got big olive oil fans and not and not and like I said mine is a little misconstrued on the uh, on the Twitter sphere so I'll take it for what it's to show you our fans have some class exactly olive oil, olive oil and wine top which, class because if they if they uh you know whatever they they were just sad they were just sad pandas and they they didn't understand my my concept so that's fine yeah no i i think you'd have to be here to to really understand what you're getting at but um okay for my fairway for today i was driving home into my neighborhood and the first house that i turn in and see is already decorated for halloween like they have a fucking blow up in the yard they've got this the skeletons out they've got everything and I've, they've got little kids but fuck halloween's not for six weeks like that's like decorating for christmas the first week in november you know what i mean like that i feel like you're you're a little bit hypocritical here i feel like you want to decorate for christmas as soon as possible are you just a halloween hater you're just not no, a big fan it, of being it, scared just, i think it's just too far out like is right now too early to decorate for Halloween? Um, Fairway. I think it's, I think it's four. I think people kind of like, there's no, like to me, you have to wait for the holiday in between to finish right now. We don't have that. We had like a labor day. That's not really a decorative holiday, but we had labor day. Labor day's over. People are, See, I think you just get... let sleeping dogs lie in September. And then first of October, that's spooky season to me. Like, Right when October hits, sure. But September, it's still not like fall. October's fall. Halloween's fall. Am I just like a snob about that shit? Yeah, you may be. But like, I, I just feel like with how obsessed you are about Christmas and everything, that you would be pretty on board with this whole or decorating early scenario. But see, even Christmas, like if I saw somebody decorating like 1st of November for Christmas, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, it's not Christmas yet. We haven't even had Thanksgiving. But that's like why. Get, See, that's get, my point. So you just proved my point is that if you have a holiday in between, you can't be doing that nonsense. But now we don't have any holidays, so people are already looking forward to the next one. Like there's people out there just, that I think it's just a little quick. There's just people out there that here. live holiday to holiday, man. That's just like what they do. They don't even know what day it is. They're just like, oh, is it Halloween or is it not Halloween? Yeah, is it Halloween or is it Thanksgiving or then is it Christmas or is it New Year's? <laughs> like it just get, it just continues to go around and around. Okay. Um, all right. My fairway or four is um, so we've got this problem at Spring Valley currently where I, so if those of you guys that don't know, I try to stay away from dairy uh, and I'm a big coffee guy. So I've been having some, some issues here with like the dairy and like ordering coffee. I try to always make sure that 
my coffee doesn't have dairy in it because otherwise I'm going to have a stomachache all day and my tummy's going to hurt, you know, whatever. But they at Spring Valley, I like to make coffee in the morning when I get there and no one's there. And they, the only two choices right now are half and half for the creamer, the little packets of half and half, which are out for me completely. I, I no, no thank you. And yeah, then I'd rather drink it black than just plain half and half. Exactly. And then the other one is hazelnut. So fairway or four is hazelnut the worst coffee creamer of the popular coffee creamers that you would see? You know, if you got a choice of like three or four, um, you know, it's not like this crazy coffee shop uh, that you know, like a where you have seventy five choices. But I think hazelnut's in like the top three or four of just normal coffee creamers. If you're looking at like a coffee maid or whatever on the counter. Um, that I think that like of your main of the big four coffee creamers like caramel vanilla hazelnut um what am I missing like mocha um like well sometimes peppermint I guess and and they um they will uh they'll do like a you know seasonal shit part pumpkin spice and then peppermint oh dude but... well not I don't want to derail this but I actually got all my fall coffee syrups in I make lattes um for my nespresso pretty uh, it's not like the classiest thing ever it's not a fucking like i don't i don't grind and tamp my own fucking coffee grounds or anything but an espresso puts out pretty good coffee i just get like the double espresso pods um but i got some new syrups in i think one's like ice cinnamon roll um one's definitely pumpkin one's like uh something donut and the other one is irish cream and i am so fucking stoked like i am just going to be housing coffee every morning um but what's funny because you say hazelnut's the worst my girlfriend's favorite coffee creamer is hazelnut and that seems like a psycho take to me because that's that is the only creamer she keeps in her fridge at all times is hazelnut and i i don't know if that should like sway my decision or not or like being with her i don't know <laughs> hazel, i i would say hazelnut is the worst coffee creamer out there like it it but i will say too like some caramels i don't necessarily love like this last caramel i got tasted like popcorn and i don't know if my fucking taste buds are moving or like things are switching but i there's like vanilla you can't miss that's a fucking chalk one like vanilla in your face good all the time but hazelnut there's i've had some that are good and some that aren't and yeah it's definitely of all like the major flavors it's definitely my last pick so i think that's fairway on like the worst mainstream coffee flavor love to see that and i am jealous listening to all your coffee options because that's semi like a kid in a candy store or a, a beer a beer a beer connoisseur in a in a liquor store or just an alcoholic in a liquor store when you go in you got all these options like i would be jealous of you right now because you get to like wake up and decide you you know every day is on feels i'm a big variety guy like i get too like i can't have the same thing over and over um i mean you are married so you technically (laughs) well yeah we're we're talking 
choices here. We're tra- we're talking. We're not talking a full life choice of of being with the same person. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was just funny. I had to say it. Um, we're talking, yeah, you know, daily. Every morning when I I can tell you, every morning when I wake up, I get excited. Like, oh, what flavor like of coffee am I gonna have today? A hundred percent. And I and it just it's fucking the same every morning, and it hits fucking hard. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm so jealous of that. It's Ed Reed right in my face. <laughs> Ed Reed coming across the middle on a on an un, unblocked receiver, <laughs> on a defenseless receiver. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's coffee to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got you got anything else, bro? We we wrapping this up. We're gonna wa- enjoy some golf this weekend. Uh, we get enjoy to play some golf. Football. Enjoy some golf. We PG get tours back. It never left. Mitchell's playing a little uh, Spring Valley Cup this weekend with the ladies from our ladies league. So uh, shout out to him. Godspeed on that. Um, and Try to hold it together for a couple rounds. Exactly, and then we're playing against each other for three days or two, two and a half days next week. Um, so getting to play some more golf. October is our golf season. Like that's when it's like prime. We try to go afternoons. It's like there an October afternoon when you're like playing the last hole at like six ish, six p.m. Football's about to be on. It's maybe a Thursday, and you're in the fall, and you see the leaves, and you're finishing up the eighteenth hole. I think that is peak me. That is a, there's no higher I can get. Yeah, that is the absolutely without a doubt the best time of year, um, and that's what we're about to move into. So I'm yeah, we're living our best lives currently. We are. So make sure you're checking out uh, all our socials at Big Drive Energy Pod on Instagram at Big Drive Energy on TikTok, as well as thank you for listening. Um, please give us a review on the podcast if you're listening Apple Apple Podcast, Spotify, uh, Megaphone, wherever you're listening to these. Um, we would appreciate a review. Uh, we, you know, we love doing this and we love doing, we love hearing people talk about our podcast to us or talk about our TikTok. It's, it's super fun that we're kind of growing and, and, and growing and building this brand and these people that are, you know, following along with us. And, and we get phone calls at the golf course about making videos or people ask us about our videos or we had a high school tournament, a bunch of kids came in. Oh, I love your TikTok. So we enjoy doing it. We appreciate you guys all following along with us. Um, Enjoy the weekend of golf. You go out and get in, play some golf yourself. Enjoy week two of the NFL season. And we will talk to you guys next week. Have a great one. Peace. Peace.